Hello and welcome to another edition of Chopped Greens. I am your festive holiday host, Philip Amrine, joined alongside my nutcracker, Gary Boucher. Oh, jingle jingle. Hello, sir. Hey, how are you doing today, Gary? I'm I'm fantastic, man. I'm yeah, are you the, staying warm? Are you? In, yeah, I am. I'm wearing beanies all the time now. I've got this long hair. I, it floofs out. So, yeah, cool. I was going to say, whenever you wear a beanie, do you... Put it all inside the encompassing beanie and look like, you know, like a power woman from like the 90s? Or do you do you just let it kind of like half in, half out? Or what do you do? I will, if I'm eating, I'll put it up. Or sometimes to remind myself what I look like with short hair, I'll put it in the beanie. But usually I'll let it hang out. I look like, you know... Uh uh, a football player on on the sidelines, like you know Tom Brady, hair flow status. It's uh, you know you you have to let it ride. I think I was too scared for a while, but it's a head turner, man. It, it's a head turner and That's a hair true. hair you know minimizer. That's right. All right, yeah. And just to be abundantly clear, do you put it all in the beanie because you're afraid that you will eat it? Yes. No. I mean, you can't eat with it down. Almost never. I mean, there wow. there will be hair. The, wow. You know, there will be blood. Yeah. There will be hair. There will be hair, and you'll have a hairball. Yeah. Exactly. You know what's actually hilarious is, I mean, one more tangent before we start. Please. But I was watching some of our Chopped Greens things because I I had to post last night about the fact that we are now on Spotify. We are on Google Premium. Ayo. We are on so many platforms now. But I was going through a, a lot on the page about as far as... You know what we've done in the past, how our audience engagement is, all this stuff, and I, I came upon like a few of our festive uh, holiday videos that we had done in the past, and you just you just look drastically different. Like I, there's a there's a moment in there where you have the handlebar mustache, just the handlebar mustache. I it, had that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Good it was, for me. Good for you. Yeah. You looked you looked like you had a warm upper lip. You you could say that, I, and I did. All right. <laughs> Speaking of saying things, you know what? I actually am quite excited about this film because it's the rare film, the rare film that we do that I'm the one who has seen it before, and you're the one who's coming into it brand new, sacrilegious and fresh. man, like yeah. the fresh driven snow, my friend. It's yeah. it's actually quite exciting because watching it again. Uh, for those of us who don't know what movie I'm referring to, Home Alone, the original one, Home not Alone. Home Alone 2 with Donald Trump. Nope, nope, nope. Home Alone <laughs> with Kevin McAllister, a.k.a. a.k.a. Uh, Macaulay Culkin. Um, yes, yes. Uh, it's, it's, it's quite exciting to be the one to bring to you into the fold, into the loving embrace of nostalgia. You, you got me Krampus on DVD, last week's movie. You know, and yeah, you've seen this one. I have. It's just one of those ones that you know falls through the cracks. Everyone's got that list of movies. Oh like, yeah. Oh well, yeah. I just I never got around to it. And hold on, I probably saw it when I was like five, but really, I I never got around to it. Yeah. It, it was a pleasure. I'm 24 years young, watching young Kevin fight off this. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> so let's begin there. Yeah. Um, and by there, I mean. Let because there's so much in one j- particular genre that I want to cover that I kind of want to just just get out of the way everything else. So let's go to are there any I guess let's talk about the pranks themselves, because the pranks themselves are something of what makes this film for a lot of people. That's something that draws people or at least mo- most vividly yeah. what everybody remembers. Now, for me, myself, I, and there's only a few pranks in there that I have not aged well for me 
And the one of the only ones, and again, this is just because I'm an old stodgy man. The the <laughs> setup for the movie prank, including the pizza man, and uh, and then it comes back when uh, the two robbers uh, go near it, and then they. Um, and then they're scoping the house. Oh yeah, outside. you mean the movie that, that he's watching? Yes, the forties gangster Keep movie. Keep the change, you filthy, filthy animal. animal. Yeah, 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 yeah. The first time that they go in there with the pizza guy, I was quite upset that he didn't tip more than twenty cents. But that's just me having lived the life of doing a job and not getting tipped. That was my first job, was a pizza delivery guy. Absolutely. You're delivering stuff on Christmas, you're working, you'd rather be home. I worked almost every major holiday because the money was typically pretty good, but you always have one or two houses where, you know, the order is fourteen ninety five. they give you a 15 and they're like, you know what, man, it's December 23rd. Why don't you keep the change? And I understand. I understand. I'm just an old stodgy guy, you know, and it's it's Christmas Eve and all this stuff. And really, it's about the kid. I mean, obviously, this isn't a real situation. I understand. But come on. Give the man a dollar tip. If give him something, not 20 th- you're cents. You're scaring him to think he's going to be shot full of lead, man. You might as well give him a few Do bucks. Do you not realize how much that fender is going to cost him each time he hits that statue? <laughs> Do you see how the man drives? They didn't need to put those scenes in, and yeah. yet they did. Yeah. It's so extra because they did. <laughs> they showed the man skeeting across the, the street on the frozen tundra that is Chicago. And he's just, you know, little Nero's just going everywhere. And finally he rolls in and, and skids all the way into the statue. It stops him. It stops his momentum. And he brings you this pizza in 20 minutes or less. And you're just giving him 20, that, 20 cents. Come yeah, on, the, man. That statue guy, I have to think like it's, it happens like twice and it's funny, but it's kind of out of place. So I have to think like maybe the, the director, you know, they were on location. He was like, you know, it would be really funny, actually, if you pull up and you, <laughs> you knocked over the statue. And then the, and then the next car that comes, you can also knock over the statue. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I don't, uh, I don't think it uh, belonged, but yeah. No, right. Um, but uh, besides that, I do want to get to the other, yes. the other pranks. Okay, so you gotta, you got to tell me, because you're, you're in the warm embrace of the studio audience here at Chopped Green Studio. Yeah. What was your favorite prank? Well, first of all, let me say, I, I, I want to get into this with you, where it ranks among other setting up for home invasion uh, scenes and movies, okay. um, hey, mainly horror movies. To some, yeah, to some, it's it's a standard. It's a gold standard of sorts to some. No, seriously. Um, my favorite prank, though, honestly, the one that's lethal <laughs> is the, the blowtorch that roasts Joe Pesci's oh, head. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> There's, yeah. a, I mean, th- these guys undergo what I would categorize as traumatic brain injuries. I mean, there's concussions. These guys are definitely going to have ALS. Well, they're going to feel know, it 20, in, 30 years. Oh, yeah. Right. And that, yeah. That, that's what brings up the sequel, you know, because they don't remember the repercussions of the first oh, one. Oh, really? No, no, no. Oh. It's, not, it's not that real. But, <laughs> but you know, some have inferred, Yeah, of course. Um, I... I my, yeah, my favorite one, though, I mean, the, the blowtorch was surprising. I do think, though, in terms of creativity, the and, and execution in the movie, the setup of him watching the movie and just pressing play, pause, play, pause, and it, it's a little gimmicky, but it's natural enough in the scene, and I, it, it makes me laugh. Kevin's little reaction where he's like, yeah, <laughs> it was, was pretty cute. So it's, it's the first one, and I think it's the most effective one in terms of, you know, when you're watching the movie, the, the payoff of that prank, because it comes back. and It, it comes works. back almost twice. It, no, yeah. for reals, twice, because the yeah. first time he's watching it just innocently, second time is a pizza guy, and yeah. then they finally set it up to the third, and it's, and it's quite effective in its progression 
of or, how it does. You know, it's, it's not a prank, but when he sets up all the mannequins in the Michael Jordan oh, yeah. cardboard cutout, shout out to, to MJ, um, in, in the house, and he's pulling... I mean, this kid is... What, Eight? Eight. I mean, he needs to be working for NASA or something Absolutely. at this point. I mean, what a mind Com- on that completely kid. Completely intuitive. I, uh, he, I mean, he's just got like three strings, and he's got like a whole party. He got, he's got like martini glass in one of the hands, and they're laughing. I mean, it's it's really impressive, this kid. As far, and speaking of kids, it's, it's, there's, there's a lot to talk about as far as the acting, uh, or excuse me, casting choices. We should leave a disclaimer that mm. if you are new to the podcast, Philip notoriously has gripes with many child actors. This is true. This he is does true. not like children. I, there are many people who donate money to orphanages. There are people who <laughs> donate cows to African villages for the for the orphaned children of Africa amongst you know the wide world population of, of yeah. children. I'm not one of those people. No, no, I will not go that far, and, and I'm not going to leave kids, that man. clip. Yes, no, I, I just, as far as children and child actors go, I'm just usually not a fan. But let me, okay, I'm. Let's get into uh, Macaulay then, because yeah, for yeah. me. Nine out of ten. I was a little iffy at first, and I was thinking in Phil's brain, I was like, oh, maybe he's not that great. Maybe it was just great in like 1992 or whatever. But. As the movie wore on, I was yeah, I was like, man, he's killing it. I mean, he's the focal point of the whole Absolutely. movie. Legitimately funny, cute when he needs to be, and I, I think he's pretty mesmerizing on screen. So I, I give him a 9 out of 10 in terms of payoff as like an 8-year-old actor. couple things off of that. First yeah. off, one, it, tell me whether or not it felt like the weakest times for Macaulay Culkin were of writing's, per, uh, writing's fault and not his own. Pretty not, much, not, yeah. yeah because, I mean, his, his line reading was generally good and and the ones that weren't it's like he's eight and yeah like the the line that he's been given is uh, once you get past the beginning because i agree i re-watching going to the beginning i was i was hmm interesting we'll get more into that later on but it what a home run of a hit to from the standpoint of the producers and director to cast one of the top Five to three children actors of all time. Ever, yeah. Ever. And find that gem to really put forth your entire movies back on. Because again, if that if that does not work, you, while while it's easy to do this with the Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Meryl Streep, Amy Adams, whoever it may be, Glenn, Glenn Close, whoever you want to be, you can usually, they have a track yeah. rec- record, they have a proven, you know, um, drawability to even like as a producerial standpoint, be like, you know what, we're going to, we're going to bank on this kid. Not only is he cute, yeah. but... He can dang near, dang near act the shoes off of and hold his own against the likes of Joe Pesci and uh, the other robber who I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of, uh, of a comp with, because, you know, if they get a kid who comes and does, like, a typical kid performance, the movie is okay. It's like a direct-to-video quality Christmas movie, right? Um, nothing special. It's really him that makes it. So I'm trying to think of another movie that has a kid in the lead role where the kid was just okay, you know? Just okay, and the and the film was fine in and spite of it. The film was just no, the, and the film you know could have been better, you know, because if if you take a a run of the mill child actor and put him in Kevin McAllister's role, the movie's not that great because otherwise it's not that great. Oh no, but it's just good because of him. You know? Oh yeah, no no no, it, it's his it's his presence. I mean, yeah. when you think of kid actors, you think of uh, I'm going to butcher his name, but uh, Mr. Joe Osmond. Uh, oh, from the sixth hey, sense. Haley Joel Haley Osment, jo- right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, of course, he's probably in that in he, that scene. In terms of like dramatic performance, is like number one. Drew Barrymore, Drew, also Drew Barrymore. Yeah, yeah. You you forget her because she has such an established career post that. Yeah. But of course, her. And then uh, 
even somebody uh, who's who's the girl from uh, Twilight. Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart. She has a believe it or not, she has a pretty good kid track record. Does she really? Yeah, she does. She was she was stellar in Escape Room. Huh. Stellar. Okay. And, and I say that no Dakota Fanning's also in the Twilight movies and Dakota, she was, uh, Dakota Fanning has a mm-hmm. has an absolutely great child actor Since resume. She's been overshadowed by her sister, in my opinion. Really? Wow. L is better. That is a different that is a different uh, Fight, fighting words on the sure. podcast. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, but Macaulay, fantastic. But speaking of child actors, while we can heap the praises on uh, Macaulay Culkin and the, the character of Kevin, for me, <laughs> I know that, that there's so much draw to Kevin and Macaulay Culkin, but I, I <laughs> for as good as he is, <laughs> the other Fuller, members. Fuller, the kid Fuller, the one who <clears throat> the one who wets the bed, is just delightful. He, I know he doesn't get like much more than maybe three minutes, all encompassing of the entire film. Is that is that his mean brother? That no no no. That's uh that's Billy or or um Buzz. But Buzz, excuse me. But no, I'm talking oh, about. Full, oh oh, that's his brother. Yeah, or maybe I, it was maybe his cousin. I don't remember. I, it, either way. No, but his his brother plays Fuller. Oh, his actual brother. Oh, maybe yeah 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 yeah. 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 And oh. He owns his moments as well, man. He the, his facial expressions whenever he takes that extra long sip of the Pepsi and he just looks at the oh. camera and he gives you that dirty no- look of he knows what he's doing. He <laughs> wants you to right feel now. this this bed wet tonight. Yeah, look at that man. Look at him and tell me that he does not know exactly what he yeah, is doing. He's, he's oh, fantastic. There he's are some face. there are some casting gems in this film, and that's honestly what makes a film because I think we can finally. Go forward into this genre that I so so very much want to pop as far if it were a balloon. The writing, I have about you know thirteen notes. Three are casting. You know, one is maybe uh, another form of it uh, as far as like uh, technical notes. Ten is writing, and it's not just good. It's also bad. They are the best and worst parts of this film. The writing. (laughs) unequivocally can be the single worst part of this film but at the same time it's so good that it brings it up to a level nine it is insane how to find how you find the dichotomy of these two things within one genre the conversational dialogue between these characters especially between the kids is so good it's incredible how well they capture that essence of kids quibbling amongst each other but at the same time they can make Kevin's mom just a complete uh, just unattractive character from either a mom standpoint or a human standpoint before she actually loses the kid before she actually loses the kid you're like what are you doing because I can see Catherine O'Hara acting her butt off with what she's given and I I was just gonna say she's really (laughs) she's trying to pull it all together she's tremendous before even she loses the kid because afterwards of course we kind of get a more focal focal point and focus on her but before she loses Kevin she is acting her butt off. Try read the, those lines verbatim without any acting, without any movie to go along with it, yeah. and it is not good it, writing. It's it's almost you know you said like the interaction between the kids is pretty true to heart, pretty accurate, which I agree with. And then yeah, when you have the I parents, I wouldn't talking, let you sleep in my room if you were growing on my ass. Is a line that needs to be on a license plate. That is fantastic. <laughs> it's if you take the the way that that the parents speak to each other and the parents speak to children it's almost like when you're a kid how you think that adults speak so 
it kind of works in my, in, in my opinion in a way of you know the, the kids speaking to each other realistic great kid banter right all time kid banter and then you know especially mom's lines like you said ridiculous but it's almost like to an eight year old this is what the want 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 grown ups are are sounding like you know because you don't hear the the nuance in the adults you just hear the you know you don't ever say that about your family yeah <laughs> stuff yeah, like that and it's hard to tell whether or not you completely feel like Kevin should want a vacation from his family or if he is the biggest little twerp on the face of this earth in the beginning of this dude film. I felt bad for I mean I uh, being the 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 youngest kid that is kind of dopey and I, I I get so amped up in movies where people are all ganging up on one person and I was like oh this poor kid everyone he's eight and everyone's like you suck kevin they gave me both feelings it was justified in both ways and i get it that they needed to justify getting him to the third floor and somehow forgetting him i i don't know whatever because there are a lot of shame on his sister cousin the older girl who counted the kid with the beanie and thought it was kevin shame on her man Come on, you got to you got to turn the kid around. You got to turn the kid around, see what Come he's on. touching. I mean, if somebody's going through your stuff, you're. I mean, I, I guess it's hard to see eleven kids and then, yeah, pinpoint it. But whatever. There are a lot of leaps though within this film, and on the litany of things that are unbelievable, uh, and go forth in this film in order to justify its existence. The biggest leap by far, by far, is that a cop is in the house. And no one is addressing the cop. Either that just doesn't happen whatsoever or justifies another form of white privilege unseen for a couple of months. You know, no, like, this is a white privilege like to a T. I know. I, 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 as I was watching this. Sorry, film, sorry. To, to, uh, I don't live here. Sorry, sorry. I know. I Who... I don't understand in what household I like that that to me it was weird because I never even thought Dude, of if, that. If I walked up. downstairs, even if I knew that I'd done nothing wrong and I know that I'm privileged, if I saw cops standing at my door, I'd be like, Oh my god, what are you doing here? What can can I help you? Maybe that's just I, de- I need maybe you to that's leave. Like a, what do I do? Yeah, maybe that's a post nine eleven thing. I really don't know what it is. But a cop yeah. would not be standing there to just I mean, I, I, we find out that it's not a real cop, obviously. Yeah. But and the moment of disbelief that we are supposed to believe that Joe Pesci is indeed a cop. It's unreal to find that the entire family, the entire family, even the person who does own the house, leaves him be at this at the foot of his door ho- door household, yeah. and and they're just nothing. I I was like I was blown away that that something that that small could actually have such a profound <laughs> moment of disbelief again in a film full of it. Biggest leap to me is I can't imagine that um, houses like this even in the early 90s, wouldn't have, like, actual security systems, you know? And I know that that the power on the block was knocked out, but still, it was just actually phone lines. No, they had power. Not, I mean, unless, like, you know, real security systems didn't exist back then. I'm assuming they had, like, alarms and motion sensors. I mean, come on, it's only 30 years ago, you know, just like an, an, an alarm on your door. I was like, you guys are exorbitantly wealthy, and no, but nobody on this block, not a single person has, like, you know, just basic <laughs> home security that a lot of people have in general, just alarms. Oh yeah, it, Come it, on. It, it's uh, it's an interesting fact. Uh, I I'm sure that there was uh, that <laughs> out of the litany of things that they did have to indeed cut. I'm sure that that was probably one of them. Maybe that it's just th- too much for for the robbers to deal with. Yeah, it. you know what? 
and and it works just fine when you, uh, I, I just felt myself thinking like wow n- nobody else I mean maybe like another house on the block has another, I don't know yeah no but but to your point the uh, as far as when we're talking about the villains the two villains host incredible chemistry dude okay I was gonna say jo- Joe Pesci if, if if you have Macaulay Culkin really holding the movie together you also have to give like twenty percent credit to Joe Pesci because. Now, He's you've fantastic. never seen him in this. And I this, did not know that it was Joe Pesci. This is another side of Joe Pesci that is rarely ever, has ever been seen. Yeah. Out This side of, of I believe, uh, not Top Gun, but Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Lethal Weapon is like the only other time that we've seen a different side of Joe Pesci that wasn't Casino. Was that a, wasn't, a mobster, yeah. yeah I just that, watched The Irishman like three weeks the ago. The Irishman, exactly. And I was like, oh... Is, uh, yeah, and it, he he did a great job because this movie is almost. I mean, it's really scary. It's this is a home invasion movie. It's mortifying, and he does a great job of having a villain that's like scary and goofy and lovable, and it's like funny to see him fall. You know, slapstick. He plays it really, really well. Um, I just think that for what the movie needed from him, you couldn't have had a, a better main villain. Yeah, the chemistry actor. between both of them, honestly, uh, between Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern. Yeah, I I found that it was placed well in a cartoony film that makes you fear them. Yeah. But you never actually have this imminent sense of danger that they would actually hurt the kid. It's a fine, fine line that they that they weave very well within the film. Because especially when you think that, hmm, this is probably this is this is a film for kids that adults can also sit and, and, and watch and enjoy. You know, yeah. whenever you see, you know, John Candy gone far too early. Mm. But whenever somebody like that, that's for adults. You know, whenever he comes on stage and he's talking about polka, 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 that's for the adults who are like, <laughs> hey, John Candy. John yeah. Candy's a really big star, but the kids are probably like, eh, they're, they're going to laugh at the polka, polka, polka. Yeah. So it, the, to find such tremendous casting, casting, I feel, picked up the slack for what so little writing there was in a lot of this film. Again, there are moments of brilliance in this film uh, yeah. as far as writing goes, and it's amazing to find a film that I've I've ever seen, ever seen, have such lows and highs on writing. Again, given the premise, I, I can understand why, because yep. it's tonal shifts <laughs> go go from a, like a, a kid drama to a home invasion to then a cartoon slapstick, and then we get back to the heartfelt... Christmas film at the end. It's it, yeah, you know what? That, that, that's true. I mean, they they do their best to sprinkle in <clears throat> as the movie goes on the fact that it's about like Christmas and, and family. But really, the the f- most fun part is like him setting traps for these criminals. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the the writing, the arc of Kevin to overcome his fear, which coincides with his transition to Good maturity. Arc. I mean, he's he's a, a pleasant s- one to watch. Scared, scared little thing in the beginning, and that, by the end of it, he's essentially Rambo. <laughs> and, and he could have killed these men. He very easily could have. And I enjoy very much, like the small details. We already talked about the statue, but of course a kid would would. I mean, I don't know about you, but a kid would immediately go and sleep in the master bed. His parents, the, the I big had that bed. same thought. I was like, dude, that's such a uh, good detail. I was like, whenever, I, dude, the best place to be in the whole wide world was my mom's bed. When I was of him, like, oh my god, if anything happens, if I'm crying, if I have a nightmare, even if she's not home, especially if she's not home, because you could be like, oh. It's incredibly yeah, easy it's to see why, as a kid and as an adult kid, this movie truly is timeless. It, it yeah. encapsulates the youthful joy of independence, of, of finding independence and, and, and gaining independence so yeah. brilliantly. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Tell me if you agree. When, okay. when we get into the, the home invasion, you know, Kevin setting traps sequence, mm-hmm. does it kind of peter out? Because it, it doesn't really escalate until he 
gets on the zip line. But otherwise, I feel like there's a, a while where the pranks don't really get cooler. There's just more of them for <laughs> however long. And it's kind of, I, and I like it, but I, I wanted to have more of an upward trajectory of, of intensity because, you know, you don't get the sense that he's really in danger at all until, you know, they get his ankle. at the, and, and then it ramps up. But for a while, I, I would like it to be more steadily ramping up. Though I, I do think that they had some again, yeah. I was going to say again, they are weaving a very fine line where you can't ever truly feel like the kid is going to be in, skinned. In you actual know, but, danger, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, you know, what what are people most likely coming to see is is cartoonish violence. So yeah. I, <laughs> it's it's one or the other. You know, I I again, it'll be interesting to see next year whenever we do Home Alone two. You know, yeah. and that, that you'll see the progression and see how you feel about that one, too, because to a lot of people, they prefer the sequel to the original. Is that real? Oh I, I'm, I, yeah. Number three, we all wow. disregard. It's like The Godfather, almost, where people, yeah. a lot of people prefer the sequel, but they very much enjoy the original for what it was and, and the premise yeah. that it sets. But you're, I mean, you're not entirely incorrect in your assumption there. I... I think that a lot of people have their own favorite prank and then in the midst of their, you know, whether it's tar and feathering, whether it's, you know, knocking out his crown, you know, or whether it's the thing or are you hung thirsty for more? You know, it's just there's there's a lot to be had there that they can enjoy. Uh, But but, you know, uh, I I do see your point. I do see your point. And uh, again, that's within writing, right, where it it very easily could have gone up and, and. elevated the stakes with each prank maybe, but, maybe we're hey. spoiled with all the good horror that we have nowadays <laughs> i'm like possibly yeah you gotta raise the intensity man you gotta uh, you gotta raise the stakes here this, this kid's gonna get skinned my only other note here gary and and you know after this tell me if you have anything left but yeah, the, yeah. the composed music in the background I, I forgot how memorable it is i honestly do believe that if i were to listen to it in some other capacity without any prompt whatsoever i would realize and know that that is home alone and that's something to be said when it, yeah. it has it's a when it's a great reminder and it mixes well with christmas music it's it's got that holiday ding to it and the fact that it actually stands to be unique and i would identify that as I one I know that, and then two I could probably pinpoint it to Home Alone. Yeah, bodes very well for the for the composition of this music, even in the midst of it's almost a Christmas album because there's a lot of Christmas songs. It's still the mu- music that is composed. John Williams, it, man, I mean he's it's top very, three all time, maybe arguably the best Hollywood composer ever. It, it's it's quite good. It, I was it, like John Williams, man, he makes his money everywhere. Star Wars. And he earns it. Jurassic he he earns it, and he makes his money, and he earns it. Yeah, now, let's let's not seriously take any onus away from that man yeah anything else from you Gary I've got a few quick ones yeah you, go ahead you already mentioned um, him overcoming his fear I think that the furnace was a great representation of that because I feel like everybody as a kid had like the, the thing in the house that they were scared of that your mind projects yeah, like a yeah. monster onto I think for me maybe it was like the dryer or you know your backyard or like a door you know I think that that was that, that was really cool because I, everybody's had that also um, the big, big 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 loser of the movie um, the, the Chicago Police Department guys <laughs> terrible <laughs> these these guys are this is why we need to hold you guys accountable come on man <laughs> it was just really really bad look for for all chicago cops i mean i guess Catherine O'Hara. she said i have a son who's home alone she should have said i'm in paris and i forgot my son at my house wording she, you could have said it you could have said it differently is, is important people yeah also i wanted to ask you have you seen skyfall yeah have you seen yeah. the horror movie you're next no, I have not. Okay, well, Skyfall, you know, they have the scene where they 
get the house ready. He gets Skyfall ready to have the invasion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then in Your Next, they sort of do the same thing. It's a home invasion movie. And oh, wow. I just wanted to, I, I was thinking last night, where, where does Home Alone rank? You, you can put it up next to Skyfall because Skyfall has an ingenious scene where, you know, they set up all the traps. Exactly. But it's it's a bit quicker than in Home Alone. I think Home Alone might take the cake as far as, you know, home invasion prep Again, let's, prep let's go Home Alone the series because I would I would put Home Alone 2. I, I'm in the camp where I enjoy the sequel more. Yeah. Um, but, but as far as uh, Home Alone the so series... think about that against, like, you know, Skyfall or any other movie where, you know, they prep for, for a house siege, you know? Uh, yeah. Because yeah. I think that, you know, if you put Kevin and James Bond shoes in Skyfall, they, I, hey, I think he... Daniel Craig's blonde, right? Daniel Craig maybe is, that's, uh, that's, he's like dark blonde. Maybe he grew Maybe he grows up to be James Bond. Maybe he does. Seven. Because, you know, James was an orphan, so maybe, you know, Home Alone 4, he's left for good. And then maybe becomes, they go, they finally leave him on the wrong trip and they they're, the plane crashes. Exactly. Oh. Dude. That is just terrible. And, you know, oh. if, if you had Kevin in Skyfall instead of James, M would have lived because Silva wouldn't have gotten away. Exactly. Kevin would have killed Silva like that. Like that. He would have yeah. had no heart about exactly. it. Exactly. Anything else? Um, no, I mean, I was really pleasantly surprised by, I mean, that's weird because it's a classic, but you know, I thought it might just be kind of a classic because it was good like 30 years ago, but I really liked it. Yeah. It's a movie that I'm like, oh man, when I have holds kids, up fairly well. we're going to watch it, holds up well, it's cute, it's funny. You can't help but go, oh, at Macaulay like 40 times. Um, Macaulay Culkin is yeah. one, of the, one of the entities that is rare in life where you cannot oversell his presence. Like, yeah. once you say that Macaulay Culkin is one of the top three to five child actors of all time, and you can see it in Home Alone and Home Alone 2. Seriously. It does not undersell. It's not an undersellable thing. It's almost yeah. like, you know, whenever you people, people were, were deceived and a lot of people did not like a, the original Avengers movie because the first round of people that went were like, oh, this is amazing. And then the second round were like, yeah, it was all right. Yeah. But you cannot, Macaulay Culkin's persona and energy as a, as an, 10 year old I'm sure but at playing an 8 year old yeah out of this world out of this world it, best stands best, the test of time best line of the whole movie is a lovely cheese pizza just for me just for me <laughs> can you imagine reading that line and just being like how do I sell this when he's walking down the street I've got a bunch of his lines right now he goes I'm a criminal. I mean, his his line readings are better than any line reading I've ever had in my entire life. Absolutely, he's like eight, they're so. really they're really good. By the way, yeah. just a, just a quick aside as we're as we're wrapping up here, like a like a freshly tuned present hopping under Whoa. the Christmas tree. Um, Buzz, the actor who plays Buzz, yes, uh, he he still does work. His name's uh, Devin Devin Rat Ray. Ray. Yeah, I I, I saw Hustlers. And uh, he's in Hustlers. He's Steven. So congratulations, congratulations, Buzz. You're Hus- still going around. The Jennifer. Lopez yeah, the Jennifer. One? Jennifer. Oh, that was Lopez. a great movie. He was in that. Yeah, he apparently played one he, of the guys who gets. He duped. was Steven. Do you not know who Steven is? Neither do I. So Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. But yeah, okay. So that was just a, a quick aside that I, I found. Okay, so um, Home Alone. Go watch it if you have not seen it. And yes. you know what? Even if you have seen it, enjoy yourself a little Merry Christmas this this year and, and go watch it again. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. A merry little Christmas. Whoa. Yes. Uh, for Gareth Boucher. I am not home alone. I have a full house this holiday season. Oh. I'm Philip Amrine. And thank you so much for listening. Hey. We're on Spotify now, baby. We are on Apple. We are on Google Premium. We are on it all. Everything except for Pandora. Pandora, you can suck it. MP3s, Zooms, 
Eight tracks. Anywhere. Walkmans. And Walkmen, Walkman. It's raining Walkman. You know, it's 2020. We're on Walk Women's too. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Walk persons. Walk people. Yeah, there we go. I take a do 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 too much. I think we might have to pay for copyright music. All right, thank you so much for listening. Please continue to listen to the next episode, the uh, the adjoining Give Me Five episode. And hey, go back in that log and listen to something you haven't listened to, or go watch a movie and then listen to what we have to say. All right, do yourself a favor, do us a favor. Merry Christmas to all, and remember, guys, don't sleep on the hydro bed with Fuller. If he drinks anything. He's going to wet the bed.